0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket. How
1: do I get into wholesaling? Well, there's the million-dollar question, right? Well, you and I just talked about it. It's really all about lead generation. Most people can buy a house at the right price. And to find that buyer is not that difficult if it's a deal because there's Facebook pages all over the place that, Guys on there will buy that house all day if it's a deal.
0: Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with one million to one hundred million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Farrellis. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Ron Wallraven. How you doing, Ron?
1: I'm doing great. How about you, Joe?
0: Well, I'm doing great as well and grateful to have you on the show. A little bit about Ron. He's a full-time wholesaler. He's got 20 years of experience. He has a portfolio consisting of 10 rentals and has completed over 4,000 deals since 1999. 4,000 deals since 1999. He currently wholesales 150-plus deals a year. He's an active guy. He's based in Troy, Michigan. So with that being said, Ron, you want to give the best-ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: Yes. I started out as an automate straight out of high school. I worked that job for 17, 18 years. And then I hurt my back really severely in 1998 and had some surgery. And when I came out of surgery, the doctor told me that I couldn't work on cars anymore. And during that time of working on vehicles, I was always a hustler. We always got paid by the job. So nobody ever handed me a paycheck. So when I was sitting around recouping, I thought, you know what? I always like to do real estate. So I Took the class, took the test, and then fell into a local broker that was doing lots of foreclosures, banks around 1999, 2000, and ended up with two main accounts from lenders that were doing what we call B and C paper, which would be investor type loans. And then of course the market started imploding in the Detroit area. I became a high volume broker, which is why those transactions at 4,000 plus came from, from doing three 400 deals a year for the banks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then as the market turned in 08 and 09, I got out of the REO business and started doing wholesaling, which is what I'm doing today. Our company is generally strictly a wholesale company, but we do a few flips here and there if it just makes sense. And then we'll keep a few of them as rentals at the end of the day.
0: Let's go back a little bit, 18 years of one occupation and then something happens and you are no longer able to do that after 18 years. You were doing it since high school. Yes. What type of feelings does that bring up? And then how did you have those feelings then move towards some positive results?
1: Well, at the end of the day, of course, I lost my income when I was making six figures a year working on cars, which is very unusual. Of course, I grew up in Detroit where all the cars were made. So it was kind of easy to get to that volume. And I'd been always interested in real estate because I was just a hustler. We're just always trying to do stuff. I would flip a car or two because I'd come across cars that people didn't want to complete the repairs. I'd buy it from them and then fix that car and then resell it. So I already kind of had a, a mentality of sales in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then the, of course, just liking real estate. You watch those info commercials, because I'm certainly sitting around watching TV at night. I thought, hey, let's just do that. And then, <laughs> uh, of course, along the way, I was losing my house, because obviously I lost my income. So I became almost my first REO client, in a sense. I managed to get out of that with my father loaned me some money to pay the realtor's commission, of all things. So in the last 20 plus years, the only house I haven't closed and gotten paid was the one that I almost lost in 1999. Hmm. And then the rest is history from there because I kind of fell into that broker, the guy that I ended up being the agent with at the beginning. Him and I got along so well and he did a lot of REOs and it just kind of fit my personality.
0: You almost lost the house. Your dad loaned you money to help get that transaction to the finish line. What type of impact has that experience had on your career as a real estate professional?
1: Well, for sure, the part of the process that a real estate agent that works for banks does is has to contact that homeowner. So of course I had already had some built in empathy for the process, knowing what it's like to get beat up by the bank, bombarded with notifications. And then you've got this guy standing on your porch going, Hey, the bank wants to know when you're leaving. Mm -hmm. So having that empathy already in place has afforded me that ability to read into them and to understand their pain so that obviously I could facilitate it to the best of the ability. Now, obviously, my fiduciary was to the bank, but at the same time, people are human. Incidentally, fast forward about 2010 and 11, as things implode again in regards to the market that we all know that crashed, I did actually lose two houses in that cry, a primary and a rental. By that time, I already knew how the system worked in regards to how the banks processed that particular side of it. So I milked that for every penny I could get for cash for keys Mm -hmm. because I knew what was going to happen and what that contact was. And incidentally, one of those brokers that contacted me for my primary was a very good friend of mine. At the end of the day, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting how you get humbled and also use those types of things to your advantage in a sense, because you can take advantage of it in a good way. So the answer to your question is I just had the empathy walking in the door with people at the very beginning, and I knew what that felt like to almost do that.
0: So you had built a business up until 2011, and then there was hard times locally, especially, Looking back on it now, we're now in 2020, about to be 21. What are some things that you've learned from that 2011 experience?
1: Well, I think that now as a wholesaler, and the COVID thing has certainly turned us upside down again, I was a little more prepared mentally this time around as things have obviously kind of declined for sure. But I think that learning how to build a team, because prior to that, I didn't really have a team per se. Because roughly until about 2008, early 09, I had a team of nine people working. I had two buyer agents, three admins, a bookkeeper, and a contractor to do all of that REO business. Because we were doing three, four hundred deals a year, and to do that kind of volume, you really have to have processes in place to make that happen. So once it imploded. I revamped both times. I didn't file bankruptcy in in 99, nor did I in 09, 010. I just kind of pushed through it. I just worked with the debtors that were calling me, just kind of did the best I could to keep it moving and floating. And then as I dwindled everything in 2010 through 11, to down to myself, that's when I just repositioned myself. You know what? I got a database of about five or 600 guys. I bought those 4,000 houses. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use that and leverage it. Because I was asked a million times at closings with REOs, Ron, why don't you invest? And my answer was always, well, I'm too busy doing this. I don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, the good Lord chose to push me to the ground. (laughs) And I just picked myself back up and said, hey, I guess I'll wholesale and invest, right? So I didn't fumble my way through it. I knew how to do contracts because I had read so many of them. Mm -hmm. I knew how to maneuver through that minutia of the practical side. What I'm not good at, and I'm still not good at today is marketing. Mm -hmm. So driving those leads into my system is what was a challenge for me when I first started wholesaling.
0: Let's talk about that. You you wholesale 150 plus deals a year. You're getting leads clearly. (laughs) How are you getting the leads now? Well,
1: realizing that that was my weakness and that my strength was deal-making, I just went looking for that guy that wanted to partner up and to do the marketing side of that and know how to do that. So I hooked up with another local guy, younger guy. I'm in my upper 50s. He's right now about 30-ish. So I hooked up with him. He was very good at the detail side of driving leads in. So we just kind of figured out that the lead sources are all the stressed-out people. So who is that? That's probates, that's inherited houses, that's landlords that are tired, that's tax problems, that's foreclosures, which I already knew. So we just kind of figured out how to find those stressors. And then we joined a group called Collective Genius back in late 2016. And that really catapulted us up into the direct mail side of things. And we ran direct mail campaigns in Google and Facebook up until October of 19, which was driving in four or 5,000 leads a year to get those 150 actually closings. Mm -hmm. Our first niche was really doing probates. The partner and I actually wrote a book about a disposal of an estate in Michigan. So we wrote this little book that we used as a marketing piece initially and sent those out to the 150, 200 probate cases that were opened up in Oakland County, Michigan, and just sent them the book with an empathetic letter. Mm -hmm. And that worked. Once we started doing the direct mail, that's when things really exploded in regards to the responses. So the first couple of years, we might've done 50 or 60 deals, which would have been late 13, 14 through part of 15. Mm -hmm. And then when we started doing the rest of it, that's when it just kind of took off and we did 80 deals and then 130 and then 150 last year. We have systems in place on the back end to do all that, too.
0: I think I heard you say you were doing direct mail campaigns up until October 2019. That was bringing in four to 5,000 leads a year. If I heard that correct, that is past tense. So why did you stop?
1: Well, the direct mail just seemed to dwindle in his responses back to us. And then there was a lot of people, because obviously the collective genius is a group of the top guys in the country. And everybody was saying, not everybody, but a lot of people were saying how much it was different. And then the Google and the Facebook was kind of even dwindling there too. So we just couldn't spend the money for the return anymore. Okay. So we just shut it down slowly. We were sending out a hundred thousand postcards a month from roughly mid 18 until September of 19. So we were doing that consistently because people leave those postcards on their table, right? Even today, we still get calls from those postcards that we sent. And then just recently, we actually did a TV commercial that we started running. We actually shot that commercial late February, and then we ran it March 31st. Now, everybody knows what was going on on March 31st of 2020. It's called COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the United States was shut down. So guess where everybody is sitting during COVID? In front of their television Mm-hmm. We pulled in 600 leads in 30 days with that TV commercial.
0: Wow. Where did it, was it air? On,
1: it was on two local TV stations in Detroit. We ran that spot roughly about 15 times a day for 30 days in a row. And our CRN system will text me when somebody goes online and sends in a form fill. Mm-hmm. I could always tell when that commercial was running <laughs> because my phone would just blow up. Quick text coming in, but of course, that was me kind of keeping track of my intake guy. And then I would give him some feedback if an address looked particularly juicy to me. I would just say, Hey, you need to work on this one pretty good. But we stopped that commercial at the end of April just because we had so many leads. So we started working those, and to date, we've probably closed just under 20 of those with about 120,000 in return on a 30,000 spend just for that one particular lead generation mm-hmm. and then we started up at a commercial again August because we had shut it down just because we needed to work those leads we had so we did it again and we didn't work as well through August through September because obviously not as many people sitting at home mm-hmm. but we just pulled down a $40,000 assignment off of one of those tv ads just the other day mm-hmm. so it does work and then just talking with some of the guys across the U.S. The direct mails actually started to kind of be better again, because I think COVID has weeded out a lot of the newbie type post-sailors that Mm -hmm. just couldn't afford to keep moving. So we're going to probably start the direct mail and more texting, because right now, TV, texting, and cold callings where we're at for the most part, because we had a mailing list of about 25,000 people that we got from a data sourcer we skip traced all 24,000 of those names and just start cold calling them and texting them and texting and the cold calls not quite as because it's very intrusive in a sense. Yep. So the texting people, there's some mean people out there <laughs> when mm-hmm. you text them something, trying to get them to call you back. They're very, very, I call them angry birds. That's what <laughs> I call them, angry birds.
0: Well, you so, are interrupting their day by texting yes. them something. I get texts on some of the homes that – I don't own any homes anymore. I do all apartments. I sold my homes Mm -hmm. in October of 2019 right when you stopped your direct mail. And I get text messages from wholesalers asking me if I'm looking to sell my home. I'd love to have a conversation with me. I'm I'm not an angry bird. I just blocked their number.
1: But (laughs) there's been
0: a couple times where if I was ever really bored and I got a text message like that, I'd just mess with them. I would just (laughs) – going back and forth of, oh yeah, I'd love to sell it to you. And I think that might be illegal to to sell a home that's not yours. So maybe I shouldn't go down that route. (laughs) For sure. So TV, texting, cold calling, and then you got a list. So you're skip tracing to get those numbers. And you said it was $30,000 spend on the TV commercial. It got you 600 leads approximately in 30 days. How much did you produce the commercial?
1: It was about 5000 bucks after the actual production. It was like $3,500 for the actual commercial production and then the management part of that production. So it was pretty cool. It's a 30-second spot that basically says the website nine times. It's a typical, I'm not going to say it's cheesy, but it's just typical commercial stuff where it just beats it into you. And I think, of course, that's why it worked so well during COVID is because there were so many people sitting there as opposed to the normal day-to-day life of people, right? And a lot of those were Detroit leads. In other words, because I live in a northern suburb, and we generally get better deals out in the suburbs as opposed to the city. But I have a really good quality lead referral for Detroit properties. And we have a deal set up where we just basically hand it to him. Mm-hmm. He gets the deal done, and, and it gives us half of the whatever he collects. So it, it's a pretty sweet deal for us. and He had a day job up until about six months ago, he quit his day job and started wholesaling full-time. So if you figure we pulled in 600 leads, we gave him roughly about 250 of those Mm. just to work. And of course they're not high quality stuff because of the television generation part of that. But he's a good follow-up person, which is really our claim to fame on our end is just the follow-up. We can talk to them initially for sure to kind of get their motivation. But then my intake guy, he's just a bird dog guy. He loves to have a reason to call you so that he can kind of have another conversation with you about your house or whatever, right? And we, we use Podio for our CRM and we've got it all set up to drip and to text and to all of those things that we all do. Mm-hmm. And it's very methodical and very system oriented. It's the same thing every time. And he's good on the phones. He used to be an insurance salesman and a car wholesaler. So he's got a lot of drive like yeah. a real guy would and to dig to the bottom to get the best deal.
0: Is there anywhere that maybe I'm not looking to look at your TV commercial or maybe in YouTube or somewhere?
1: YouTube, yes. What do um, we search? Go to Waymark Homes, the YouTube channel. We'll
0: find it if we go to your YouTube channel. Yeah. All right, cool. Taking a step back real quick, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Just to be diligent not to give up because I think I get so many calls in a day where a guy that's frustrated with his day job, he calls me and says, hey, how do I get into wholesaling? Well, there's the million-dollar question, right? How do you do that? Well, you and I just talked about it. It's really all about lead generation. Mm-hmm. I think most people can buy a house at the right price. And to find that buyer is not that difficult if it's a deal because there's Facebook pages all over the place that guys on there will buy that house all day if it's a deal right so the lead generation is always the key so i just tell them just to keep plugging away and you get that first deal you're going to raise the bar in your mind of how that actually went and if you need some help call me i'm more than happy to talk to you with you on the phone not a problem
0: we're going to do a lightning round you ready for the best ever lightning round yes sir All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. To get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Okay, best ever way you like to give back to the community? I like
1: helping local investors get deals, kind of is what I talked about. I am part of a local RIA group that I'm the vice president. I do the haves and wants in front of that crowd. And I always give out my cell phone and say, hey, if you got a deal that you're having trouble with, text me. And I give them my cell phone and I always ask them to text me first because calling me is probably not going to get me because I'm usually talking to somebody who's texted me. So <laughs> text me and I'll help you if you got a deal and maybe I'll buy that deal from you. Or at least I'll help you dispose of it. So the long story short is I just like helping people, local guys, to do that. Even though maybe I'm creating my own competition, I can't buy all the houses. So let's just help each other do deals.
0: How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing?
1: Well, if you go to that website, which is waymarkhomes.com, we're local wholesalers. Or you can go to my Facebook page, which is simply just Ron Walraven. And you can see who I am as a believer in Christ. I'm very dedicated to that. And integrity and transparency is really what I'm all about. We tell the truth and we do what we're going to say we're going to do at the end of the day, every time.
0: Ron, I appreciate you being on the show. And on the integrity part, I noticed on your website, it links to the Better Business Bureau profile of your company. People who are on your website can go there, which is really smart. So that's something I noticed I when they call out. Enjoyed our conversation. Enjoyed learning how you're getting leads, getting into the specifics. And lo and behold, TV was very effective for you. And then some of the other things that you're doing too. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks, Joe.